how are we going to kick this off today? By talking about your new found passion. What's my new found passion? Uh, oh, the art, Gundams. the the delight, the the lifestyle that is gumpla. <laughs> it sounds so silly to say that out loud, like typing it. Whatever, gunpla. Um, you have clearly never watched Gundam uh, Gundam Breakers. I think it's safe to say I've clearly never watched most Gundams. Wait, okay, well, hold on. Yeah, I know there's the one where that's literally about Gunpla. Yeah. You told me about it. It's all one big tournament arc, Cameron. I do like that. It's They're in a school, and their school club is Gundam Battle Club, and they just make Gundam and, and fight, fight them. them. Yeah, but I guess it was... When did I make the first one? It was uh, around Christmas time. Yeah, it was a was few it before ago. Christmas? After Christmas? I can't remember. Let's see if I can find it in my messages. Because I would have sent you one. Build Fighters. Gundam Build Fighters. Where you learn that Gunpla is freedom. It is. Um, let's see. It doesn't say a date. But it probably would have been... I mean, it was before... It was probably that week between Christmas and New Year's. That would make sense. That I did it. I just did the original... Like Gundam from the original series. Yes, we call that one the Granddaddy Gundam in the fandom. Granddaddy Gundam. But it was just the, like, HG... HGUC, yeah. Or is it MG? It's just HG. Yeah. means high grade? Mm-hmm. High grade. But it was pretty... I mean, it was involved. It took a couple hours. But overall, now that I've seen the what is possible, um, pretty basic yes. sort of Gundam model. To put together. For years, uh, HG has been the entry grade. Um, this year, a new line came out literally entitled Entry Grade. Mm. So that is no longer true. Is it easier than the yes. HG? They're about five five bucks, and they take about 20 minutes to assemble. And you get a very nice little model kit. Oh, interesting. There's two, only two. There's the Granddaddy Gundam. And uh, the Strike Gundam from Gundam Seed, I believe. I think those are the only two. Might have to look into that. I mean... Five bucks. Yeah, it's super quick. It's super quick to do. Um, HG is where I've mostly lived. Because mm-hmm. um, they they hit a sweet spot of, of price, but still fun to mm-hmm. build for yeah, me. I feel like the HG, the one I put together, it was like... 12 bucks at Target. Like, just back in their, like, mishmash of sort of nerdy collectible stuff mm-hmm. there were some gundam model kits and i was like i've always wanted to do this and it was 12 bucks so i just went for it mm-hmm. it was fun um but then like a week ago i got the rg the R- kit the which real stands grade for real XC. grade an exia from gundam double zero yeah double o double o Ooh, <laughs> you could say and it will may i just say it was much more involved Yes, RGs, RGs are the most complicated mm-hmm. of all. I lost a piece. The next day I was showing my wife how I lost a piece, and she was joking and saying, well, let me go, and I'll see if I can find it. She immediately bent down and picked it up, not thinking that's what it was. She thought it was a piece of Chex Mix, because it kind of looked like a piece of Chex Mix. Oh. I was on hands and knees with my flashlight, lights on, just trying to catch a glint, just a slight yellow. It's like incredibly small and i was trying to push it in with tweezers to where it goes and the tweezers slipped off and the piece just flew into the ether 
Uh, all of us model builders, we've done this. Mm-hmm. We've done this. And then yesterday I put the stickers on. And that was a whole, it took me like an hour and a half to two hours to just mm-hmm. put the stickers on. Yeah. So we're talking at least like eight hours probably start to finish. So most Gundam builders would tell you that the RGXia is not the best place to start because of the stickers. It's a lot. The thing about the real grade line is it's supposed to have the least amount of stickers of any Gundam. Well. The, the color accuracy is supposed to be molded in. Um, but the XE is an older RG. Mm-hmm. So it they were fun. still finding their I, I literally put stickers on as I was building. Like these two kind of slightly bent that wrapped around this cylinder that I then put together with another piece and put in the back and you can't even see it. Mm-hmm. When you look at the model, it's just like, I guess that's uh, it. So there are legitimately people who will buy two versions of HGs don't have this, but RGs and Master Grades both have something called an inner frame, mm-hmm. which if you took all the armor off of that X yet, it would still stand. And there are legitimate people who are like real nerds about engineering who will buy two, one to display with the armor and one just to display the inner frame with all the inner mechanics uh-huh. and stuff. Interesting, interesting. So those stickers are for those people. I don't think I would do that. Mm, I wouldn't either. I like the finished product. Just seems, seems like a lot, and the inner frame isn't all that interesting. I mean, it is. From I mean, a it is kind of a standpoint. lot going on, but I don't. I don't want to see that. I want to see a cool robot with seven swords, mm-hmm. which yeah. I can do now. I mean, it's true, and the Exia is a good choice. Yeah. So, Gunpla, check it out. Gunpla is freedom. It's like Legos, but cooler. Oh yeah. It's a it's a step up. It's like, it's very satisfying. It's like in terms of there's like a scale. It's probably like Legos, Gundam models, IKEA furniture in terms of like uh, grown upness. See, I've built all of them, and I would actually switch IKEA furniture and Gundams. I'm just meaning it's like being an adult. <laughs> it's like you're the most grown up when you put together IKEA furniture. Okay. Okay. But so this is a step below that in terms of grown upness, but it's way more fun. There is an episode, um, not an episode, a YouTube video where Adam Sessler, not Adam Sessler, that's not the right one. That's the X-Play guy. Yeah, that's X-Play. Um, Adam Come on the show. from Mythbusters. Oh, uh-huh. Adam, Adam from Mythbusters. I was trying to think of his name and I just couldn't. What is his name? I know this. Grant Imahara, Jamie Heineman, Adam Savage? Myth, Adam Savage, yeah, Adam Savage yeah. from Mythbusters. There is a whole um, YouTube episode of his YouTube channel where he puts together his first Gunpla and nerds out the whole time. He's like, oh, the way this works and does this is fascinating. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he like made Star Wars stuff. Yeah. So, of course, that's how his brain kind of is going to work. Yeah. And me, as a Gundam uh, nerd who built... Fascinating. Gunpla. I was watching the episode and just loving how much he was loving it. Mm-hmm. It's it's magical. Brought to you by VermontVacation.com. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I am one of your hosts, Cameron. And I am your other host, Chance. 
I was ready for uh, Welch's. Welch's. Because of the grapes. Oh, the grapes, yes. The grapes. Oh, the grapes. No, not the grapes. Vermont. Okay. Vermont. That's the Vermont Tourism Bureau. Mm-hmm. VermontVacation.com. Mm-hmm. Is that real? Mm-hmm. I looked it up. Okay, Emron, we need to know the real, the real deal. Uh-huh. You lived in Massass. Yes, that's how they say it, too. <laughs> Massass. You lived in the 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 place, uh-huh. the destination. Did you ever go to Vermont and watch the leaves change? I never did. I went to New Hampshire. To watch the leaves change? No, but they were changing. Cameron, you failed. You were a Oklahoma boy in New England. Life gets busy. There is an entire VeggieTales, basically the religion of our state. Uh-huh. There's not a- the Bible, it's VeggieTales. <laughs> yes. And I mean, that level of understanding of the Bible is about right. <laughs> yes, exactly. The 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 state religion is a VeggieTales. And there's an entire song about going in the fall just to watch the leaves change. It, that does not say that in that song. It says Boston in the fall. I've done that. I've lived it. Spring in Boston is actually much more beautiful than fall in Boston. See, but... And by spring, I mean like late May. Because it is cold and terrible until that point. See, in my mind, though, you've got to, like, go around Boston. All the little towns and... Mm-hmm. I've the... been apple picking. Well, okay, that's pretty cute. Okay. This is nice. You haven't fully failed, then. You haven't thank, fully thank failed. You. Well, thank you, Bob Chance. and Larry. Are, Bob are... was not even associated with that song. Don't step to me with VeggieTales knowledge. Well, I'm an outsider. I, yeah. I, I haven't even and really... And you picked the wrong fight. I'm a I'm unto VeggieTales as the God-fearers were to the Jews. You know? I don't really uh-huh. believe in it, but I'll kind of be respectful of it. Because of the fervency of the belief. Mm-hmm. And Phil Vischer's an alright guy. I have no idea who that he's is. He's the creator. But in the last few years, he's come out with a lot of videos of like, this is why you guys need to get it together when you talk about race. Because all y'all are being idiots. Ooh. And you need to like, read what the Bible says. And Larry was black, y'all. Sure. I don't know. It, is Larry the superhero? Uh-huh. The cucumber. Okay, he's probably not black. He doesn't have lightning powers. His suction cup head. Yeah. He doesn't really have powers. Yeah, okay. He has the gadgets. Well, as we all know, all black superheroes have lightning-based powers, so... Static shock, black lightning, storm. That's it? No. Black Panther. Black Panther. He probably has some lightning <laughs> gadgets. Well, he definitely has some lightning gadgets. Anyway, yes. Brought to you by Vermont. Yeah. We're going there in two weeks. That's not true. We're not. No way, Jose. That's a lie. Um, what can we do to not talk about this episode? Um, anything. So let's just do a quick gut check. Because we're three episodes in to season five right now. Which is pretty acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Just in general by people. There's some big episodes in this season. There's but so far, ones. three in. How are we feeling? Well, the first two are good. They're good. They're not great. They're not. They're certainly not memorable. They're solid. Mm -hmm. They're solid episodes. Um, This one isn't bad. Did you say is bad or isn't bad? It's bad. It's it's not good. I don't think we're at like a stormy weather or windy level of like, ugh. Oh, I don't know. I will be honest. When we were planning this show out, Mm -hmm. there were two episodes that I just did not want to cover. Uh Uh-huh. This was one of them. The other one, I think, will be worse. What's the other one? It's in season seven. Um, and I just think about it, and I'm like, man, 
don't want to watch that episode. Don't want to talk about it. I am curious what you're thinking. Oh, the garage sale? Yeah, the garage sale. Yes, yes. But I was also thinking about this one, and I'm like, man, there's that episode where Corey and Sean have a fight for no reason and are gay, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It is a... We, this is the third season in a row we've done this. Mm-hmm. We did it in season two with the um, fake Harley. Mm-hmm. We did it in season two with fake Harley. We did it in season uh, three, a little differently, but in Affair to Forget. Kind of the oh, same. season four. Right, right. Season four, we did it with an Affair to Forget. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing it again. But we're doing it with less setup, less reason, less resolution than all of those other episodes. Mm -hmm. And I don't care for the fake Harley episode. I'm not like sitting here praising it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it did the same plot, but at least Corey got to have the whole like, no, I'll take the swing first. Yeah. There was like their friendship like showed how it was strong. Yeah. And you know, uh, the girl rejecting Sean because of where he lives and who is what his parents do. Ew. That girl, at least like, that's our reason. Like, Feeney talking about college recruiting and Sean suddenly flipping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about you give us a little synop of this episode? Uh, yeah, your gut check uh, got a little out of, out of yeah, kind. Yeah, our guts don't know how they feel. Well, they know how they feel about this one. <laughs> I think this season will turn around. Oh, I do too. Well, and I like the last two episodes. I do. Uh-huh. There's like solid above average episodes. Yeah, I just feel like we haven't hit anything iconic Yet, but I know there's a lot of iconic stuff coming. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Don't even remember the A plot of the next episode. What even is it? Fraternity what? Row is the episode. Oh, yeah, I remember the B plot. Yep, I, I know. Do too. I remember what the episode's named about. Yep. But I don't don't know what else happens. Yep, I, I guess we'll see. I have no clue. <laughs> I know the family's real weird about around the cast of the Love Boat. That's true. Is it a family based episode? Is it like mostly the family? I don't but- believe so. I just know. I just know. There's a scene where they're at the house with the guys from the love boat. Yeah, and the family's like not letting them leave, and it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So here's the synop. Um, Feeney mentions college. Sean freaks freaks out. Um, freaks out. Freaks out. Yeah. And then they spend the whole episode using relationship tropes and breakup relationship breakup tropes for Corey and Sean, uh, and keep making the joke. Corey, do you enjoy kissing Topanga? Did we make have that joke before? No, I think we we. Did you mention it? Yeah. Okay. I think we, I'm like, I think I'm, did they really retread this ground? Well, they do, but it's in *Afton Affair* to forget. It's a lot more subtle. Uh, I just meant that exact line. Like when he kisses Topanga, he likes it, right? Yeah. No, that that, okay. that, that did not. You happen mentioned that, that, but that didn't happen in that episode. Yeah. Well, that's good. So I was like, I feel like I remember this from a previous episode but it was just you yeah the yeah anyway um and then mr feeney brings it about resolution for them not really and sean or and eric and jack are maybe the best part of the episode even though it's not that enjoyable yeah easily the best part of the episode Um, and lionel sure (laughs) he's nothing but he's a better nothing than the something we have yeah I like Lionel. Well, sure. He's got two lines. Um, but yeah, so that's the episode. Um, 
I mentioned uh, the earlier episode, the season two episode with Fake Harley, because that's an episode where um, Corey and Sean are, are realizing they're from different classes. Uh-huh. And those classes generally end up in different places. So maybe we shouldn't be friends anymore, which is this episode exactly. And mm-hmm. then I mentioned of an affair to forget because they're being kept apart. Yes, they're not being kept apart by their own decisions this time. But the same joke is the joke from this episode that like when Corey and Sean are apart, it's like lovers torn asunder. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, so they retread all those jokes. But they do both of those things worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same song, different verse. Yeah. Second verse, worse than the first. It's like if Maroon 5 covered your song. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, worse. Yeah, it's just worse. Don't come on the show. <laughs> I don't even have a song, but if they covered it, I'd be so mad. Yeah, It'd be like if Maroon 5 covered Panini by Little Nas X. I don't know if I care for that one that much anyway in the first place. <laughs> yes, but Adam Levine couldn't do it. Uh-huh. That's my point. Adam Levine and Little... Why are you such a mean Panini? <laughs> That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Adam Levine and Little Nas X are just so far from each other. One uh-huh. is talentless, but with so much personality, and he's trying so hard. And the other one is probably pretty talented to get to this place, but he squanders it and doesn't try at all. I don't think I would call Little Nas X talentless. Well, he's extremely creative. I, I just mean like I don't. I've never found anything he does musically he, interesting. He killed the devil yes. with his grinding. He, he did. Okay, you're right. He is creative. I was meaning more in a creating music sense uh-huh. and the things you enjoy. Yes. He's, in my opinion, he is better at creating spectacle than music. That's your opinion. Yeah. I don't really have too much of an opinion. I do like the... Like that little hook. Yeah. I don't remember what song that is, but it's fun. I am not saying Little Nas X is terrible. I'm just saying I listened to his whole new album and just didn't care for it. It is provocative. It is fun. You can tell that he has a lot of passion. He's trying real hard. I just don't think he's very good at making music. Okay. We're going to continue before we get canceled by the masses. That's okay. I will speak so kindly of Little Nas X as a person. Mm -hmm. He can come on the show. He can. 100%. Because Adam Levine, a once very talented creator who shot a band from nowhere to the top of the charts has been coasting and not doing anything and is basically a walking corpse at this point he can't come on the show adam levine you suck <laughs> anyway now that we've relitigated all of that i forgot the point i was making um oh that that this episode does what those episodes do just worse mm-hmm. like maroon five like maroon five if he ever covered yeah yeah, yeah, and, and here we are. Okay, well, we'll just get kicked off. I didn't take any notes on this one. Usually, I do. Well, I don't, but it would be a very difficult episode to take notes on because no scene lasts more than a minute. Usually, I just write, like, funny little quips. Mm. Thing, but I don't feel like this episode was all that funny. No. But we start in Feeney's class. Yes. He's saying, don't forget, college, day... Or whatever is coming. And they're in Philadelphia. And like the schools that are coming 
are like NYU, USC, mm-hmm. and one other, Rutgers. Rutgers. It's just like, why are, and why not like Philadelphia Community College? Like stuff from around there. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was in school, like especially like junior, senior year, we were in Eastern Oklahoma and it was like University of Arkansas, Fort Smith is like the place where you go. Or like Carl Albert State College, which is the Oklahoma, like a regional, like state college right there. But it's like, those are kind of the big two. Not like USC sending someone all the way from California to come to our high school. We, NYU. We have like a college day a week at our school. And the ones you expect would come, mm-hmm. OU and OSU, but there is some. I think uh, both Kansas schools come to see mm-hmm. us. See, that stuff makes sense because that's kind of around. What's the Omaha school? Um, Nebraska. Is that Nebraska State? I don't have any idea. Whatever whatever colleges in Omaha comes. Um, I don't know if any Texas schools come. but I don't know. But I'm just. It's just kind of a weird thing. It's like, hey, these guys are coming. <laughs> But not anywhere local. But then as they're leaving, he's like, Corey, your interview with Stanford's been moved to whatever. Which is another weird one. Like, why is this Ivy League school talking to Corey? Yeah. <laughs> like, Topanga. That makes sense. Yeah. Corey. And, no. Doesn't really make sense. And Stanford is in California. Mm-hmm. He's having an interview with the Stanford people in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's just, just not, it doesn't make... It just it doesn't track. It's not happening. No. But then... Sean kind of hears that and he's like, what, dog? Mm-hmm. And uh, he just sort of starts spiraling from there. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you promised we would, you wouldn't go to a school that I couldn't get into. But he doesn't have a list of schools he could get into because mm-hmm. he doesn't think he's going to college. Uh-huh. So it's sort of a you know, double jeopardy. Yeah. Entrapment. And he says, um, oh, did I did I say that? Yes. And you also said when I graduated high school, you would take me to Vermont to look, watch the leaves change. He's like, right. October. Put it on your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, is kind of like, oh, he's just saying that. But then at the end. At the end of this scene, he's like, and forget Vermont. He's like, but I already have a deposit. <laughs> he's like, but Sean, I already put down the deposit on Vermont. <laughs> Which is funny. It is. It's like one of the only good jokes. Yeah. And I mean, it's basically like a hallway breakup. Uh-huh. Um, Sean is saying we need to we need to see other people. Mm-hmm. And then cut to... The exact same conversation again. Yes. The exact same conversation again. But at a different time, I even guess. though we're wearing the same clothes. Uh-huh. Maybe after their next class. Yeah. And where Sean is like, oh, Corey... We need to see other people. No, I don't want to see other people. You see, you see other people. Mm-hmm. And they walk into the classroom and Corey goes to sit down in his seat. Uh, well, Topanga does meet him. It's like, are you sure you guys are okay? Oh, yes. Cause and he Corey's paid the like, Skyrider. yes, we're okay. He even spent a lot of money on me. Yes, yeah, Sean paid a Skyrider a lot of money to write, Corey, I hate you in the sky. Which is kind of funny also. Yes. He just spent a lot of money on me. <laughs> yeah. Where Sean got the money, I don't know. Yes. But... Maybe his uncle Mike knows a guy. Yeah, just has to go break some somebody's legs. They took they take Chet bucks, and he's got a lot of Chet mm-hmm. bucks. He's accumulated quite a few Chet bucks over the years. <laughs> well, son, sorry I forgot your birthday. Here's your ten Chet bucks. Yeah, he's got a lot of Chet bucks and a toaster. <laughs> he's just getting out toasters left and right. And then he goes to sit down in his seat, talking to Topanga, and doesn't realize there's someone in it. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. His name is 
Who cares? Gary or Drew or something stupid. Adam Levine. Mm -hmm. Adam Levine is sitting in his chair. (laughs) Sean started hanging out with Adam Levine. Um, And he's like, who are you? What are you doing? He's like, this is so-and-so. Corey, we agreed we were going to see other people. And then he goes to Topanga and he's in... He's in such a tizzy. so sad. But he's like, two can play at this game. It's time to make Sean jealous. And he goes and he sees another boy there. um, And he starts talking to him. And this is where we meet Lionel. Lionel. Well, but he leans back on a desk as if a a girl showing off her body. Uh (laughs) And there is Lionel. And Lionel's Lionel's desk. Lionel seems very eager to have a friend. And Lionel's like, oh, hi, I'm Lionel. And he's like, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> it's just it's very uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I don't like the energy it's given off. And then Lionel opens a little container on his desk and offers Corey some grapes. And he takes he all takes of the them. whole thing. And then he's like, Look, Sean, I got grapes from another boy. And he starts eating the grapes in his chair. His new chair. And that is the end of that. Thankfully. <laughs> then we cut to I believe this is when we get to Eric and Jack's story. Yeah. Which is probably the best part of the episode. This is Eric's line, you got pictures, then you got nothing, is a thing that I think about a yeah. lot. Like that particular line, and it comes from this episode. It's the most important part of this episode. Uh-huh. You got pictures? No. You got nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're supposed to write a paper. Though, the... Spe- it's ridiculous. Well, the, the particulars of this paper flabbergast me. It's not for a class. Like, the dean is the one assigning it. Uh-huh. 10,000 words about anything? That's... I looked it up. Single space, 20 pages. Yeah. It's a 20-page paper about anything. For your very first one in college. And... That's ridiculous. And it's all handwritten, for the most part. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, because Jack pulls out a laptop, and it's like Eric talks about it like it's just some amazing technology that he's never seen before. Uh-huh. It's like a laptop for it's your like, lap. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> but Eric's sitting on the couch, and he's like, first paper of college... Entering a whole new word. Here we go. 10,000 words. First word, I want my mommy. Hey, that's three words. It's true. Which is classic Eric. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, oh, I wrote it on what I did over the summer. Also, Jack is working on kind of their island, which has a stovetop. And he has his textbooks just on the stovetop. The island is a stove? That, it looked like a stove. And he had his books setting on the burners. But we see the island later, and it is clearly not a stove. I'm just saying what I saw. Also, sometimes there's an island, sometimes there's not. Yeah, that's true. And I was noticing that later on in the series, just because it is a plot point, there will be a window over the sink. But right now there is not a window over the sink. There is a giant picture of pizza. pizza. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And later there is an island going from where the camera is back Mm-hmm. Toward kind of the upper terrace of their living room. Terrace. Haven't watched any Terrace House yet. But be on the lookout for that little bonus at some point soon. Absolutely. Mm. Terrace House. Chef's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Exquisite, I assume. Um, yeah, so that was that. that is a weird little... They're still evolving there. Uh-huh. They haven't quite figured out how they want it. Mm-hmm. But Jack is like, how have you not done... Like, we've had a couple weeks. Like, why have you not done this yet? And Eric yells, you don't make fun of my learning disability. You have a learning disability? I should think so. (laughs) I mean, he might. Eric is on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. 100%. 
Absolutely. Corey is also on the spectrum, actually. Mm-hmm. Different part of it. That's because why it's a spectrum. Yeah, that's why it's a spectrum. Corey and Eric make so much more sense on the spectrum. I work with uh, people with disabilities every day. Trust me on this one. <laughs> They're on there. They're autistic. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that, wow, I just want to talk about that now. But okay. anyway. Anyway. Um, is this when Eric's even like just a whole new level like grammar, comprehension, syntax, syntax spelling, when will it end? Yeah. Just like how much pressure he feels. Yeah, and this is that is when he said uh, he's like, "Oh, I wrote my paper on what I did over the summer. I went to China. Uh, you really dug up dinosaur fossils." Well, he doesn't say that yet because Eric's like, "Really? Like you're gonna write it over what you did over the summer?" He's like, "I dug up dinosaur fossils." Oh, you got pictures? No, you got nothing. Yes, um, the most important line of the episode uh-huh. by far. And then Eric goes on his little tirade, and Jack admits, All right, I didn't even go. My sister went. She's 10. <laughs> How wonderful. Mm-hmm. So it all comes crashing down, and they decide, Eric decides what we need to do is go befriend the dean mm-hmm. and ask for an extension on our paper. He's like, No, we'll study all night. We'll, we'll work really hard, and, and we'll work on it until it's great. No. He's like, I like you too much to let you do that to yourself, Jack. (laughs) So yes, they now have a plan. They're going to go befriend the Dean. Mm -hmm. He's not a nice man. No. Feeny, he is not. No, he is not. That's that's okay. We don't need another Feeny, because we still have our Feeny. Yes, we already have our Feeny. George Milhouse Feeny. George Milhouse Feeny. Yes. Um, and then we cut to the house and Corey's in his robe. Uh-huh. And Morgan's at the table. Mocking him about Sean dumping him. Uh-huh. Rightfully so. Yes. And they're like, what? It's six o'clock. Why are you, why are you in your pajamas at six o'clock? He's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> he has a ice cream yeah. that he's eating. Yeah. And he's doing an impression of a manic... Hurt girl. Dumped, dumped girl. And Morgan's just like, Sean broke up with him. Mm-hmm. And just is merciless mm-hmm. in her mockery of, Cor- or of Corey. Yeah, the dad comes, Alan comes in and is like, hey, I was at Pink's, which I guess is his is special their, their way. Of, spot. No, which I guess is his special way, like his name for Chubbies. Uh-huh. They call it Pink's. They, yeah. That's because. Older people call it Pink's. Because we know there's multiple ones. Yeah. Maybe this one has like a pink, just like the building was like, has like a pink board. Yeah. Like wood behind the chubby signs. So they just call it pinks. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's chubbies. Uh-huh. It's all chubbies. There's no way he's not talking about chubbies. So later when, this season, when we go to a Mexican restaurant, it's. It's still chubbies. Chubbies. Exactly. Um, exactly. So we, uh, he comes in, he's like, why didn't I see you at chubbies? Because, I mean, it's Chubby's. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why would I be there? He's like, well, Sean was there. Chubby's was our place. Uh-huh. He had a bunch of other guys with him just hanging out. Oh, other guys. I've only got Lionel. Yeah, his mom mentions that Lionel called. And he's yeah. like, I'll call him back when I'm ready. It's like, And that's when Morgan's like, well, if you don't, he'll just dump you like Sean did. Yeah. And then Corey decides he's going to go uh, uh, watch a Lifetime movie and have a good cry. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Alan says, how are things with him and Topanga? Good. Never better. Never better. When they kiss, he enjoys it, right? And that's the end of the scene. Uh-huh. And we'll just leave that scene in the past behind us where it belongs. Yeah. 
It's it's entirely there to make the joke of look at Corey react to losing a friend like a girl losing a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He must be gay. Yeah, I just I don't care. I do not care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I don't care about Morgan mocking. I don't care about Alan's dumb jokes. Uh-huh. So here's what we're gonna do, because I can't remember exactly how the scenes break out. I want to talk and follow Jack and Eric and their storyline, okay. just all the way through from here, and then we'll circle back to Corey. Okay, and that's fair because there are so many scenes in this episode, so many, mm-hmm. and each of them are like a minute long. Mm-hmm. Like it's breakneck pace. Yeah, which I think is another reason why this episode is bad. <laughs> yeah, because usually like when an episode's really good and you're like oh man like i am in this and then you're like wait it's over mm-hmm. this one i'm like surely this one's about over oh i'm only halfway there yeah well and it's just like scene 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 whereas i feel like in a in a normal boy meets world episode we have like mm-hmm. five or six developed yeah. scenes you you like you gotta get yourself a stew going yeah. You know, you let everybody get to know each other, spend some time in that pot, stir it up, get a nice broth, some veggies, a nice ham bone in there. Not this time. No. No. And this time we're just uh, dissolving rice in boiled water. Mm-hmm. Not even any salt. <laughs> no. Occasionally some salt. There's a few There's a few gems. Uh-huh. Um, not gems. Less bad things. Mm-hmm. Good rice. Some yeah. good rice in amongst the bad rice. Um, but yeah, so that's the end of that scene. Now, Jack and Eric. Jack and Eric go to the dean. He's not a nice man. No. And they're like, we need an extension. He's like, no way. Yeah. And that's basically it. That's basically it. Though, the dean of what? Yeah. Like, we're supposed to think this is a 25,000 student university? The dean of what? Do they mean the president of the university? <laughs> the dean of admissions? The Dean of Freshman Affairs, the Dean, dean of, of the any College specific of Arts academic and college, I don't know. The Under Dean. The Under Dean. Vice Dean. Dean Dean. Dean Dean Dean. Dean Dean Dean. Dean and Dean. Well, I was making a community reference. Oh, yes. Yes, in Dean. Yes, in Dean. Desperate Deans call for Dean Sprit measures. <laughs> exactly. Have you made it to season six yet? No. Oh. I've That's just, a wonderful episode. I've just seen it. Have you seen. Where paintball comes back one last time? No. Oh. Paintball comes back one last time, and it's maybe my favorite paintball episode. Better than the Western one? Better than the Western one. I know. It's a stretch. I don't know. Just something about it is so magical. I really wish they would have kept the Western theme into the second paintball episode. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because the Star Wars one is kind of half done. I mean, it's all there for ha- for Abed to get to be Han Solo. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Man, Dean Pelton, though. I wish he was the dean of this school. I do as well. I do as well. Dean Dean. Um, but yes, that is uh, our community corner. Mm-hmm. Community um, chat. Which again, the dean of what? I would ask about Dean Pelton. but <laughs> He's just the dean of the school. <laughs> the whole thing. He's just, he's just the dean. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so he's the dean. And he's honestly exactly what you would expect a dean of a school to be. Like, or, or I guess the president of a school. Mm-hmm. Sort of standoffish. Yeah, and kind of a D-bag. Uh-huh. I feel like Burns Hargis seemed nice. Sure. I don't know. I've never spent any time together, so I can't really confirm that. 
He's a rich guy the Board of Regents like, so I have to assume he's at least partially a D-bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such is life. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But he's just not... He's like, no, why would I give you an extension? Yep. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then he's like, this is college. This is the big leagues. This is the show. This is your one and only shot. And I'm just like, shut up. It's like... You do the go get a job after college because I feel like that seems like the big leagues. Yeah, the dean will not be getting my MVP. No, LVP. LVP. Well, Corey's in this episode and Sean. Neither of them come out looking. Topanga also doesn't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All the characters you want to like, because Eric, not great either. No. Um, I really don't know who is going to be the MVP of this episode. I've got the only option in my mind. Okay, we'll have to see who you say at that point. Um, But then we have a scene later where they go to the Dean's house to try to convince him. He tries to do the Feeney call with the Dean. They brought a babka. Uh Uh-huh, to try to win him over. Not gonna lie, don't know what a babka is. It's some sort of. Let's just look it up. This is a camera Google something moment. Camera Google something. Google something. He Googles what I assume. I knew it was a bread. It is a sweet braided bread or cake which originated in the Jewish communities of Poland and the Ukraine. Oh. It is popular in Israel and in the Jewish diaspora. Which is everywhere. Every like literally everywhere else. (laughs) Babka. Look at that. That looks pretty good. I might be able to be persuaded with a babka. If any of my students are listening, you can try it. <laughs> Give them an extension on those fifth grade papers. Uh-huh. You know, just in general. You want an A? Babka me, baby. Babka me. What about um, baklava? I think so. I like baklava. Okay. So, just so you all know, Cameron is open to bribery. Bread bribery. Breadbury. <laughs> Ooh, actually, I was in uh, Dallas this morning. <laughs> Just like you are. <laughs> and uh, I was looking for a place to go to um, go to breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we found a place called Main Street Bread Company. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. Like me and, me and my girlfriend were like, okay, we can try out breakfast there. So we uh, go there. It was more of a restaurant than we wanted it to be, but they did have a baked goods case. So she got a cheese Danish, um, which was very good. And I got a almond... And chocolate croissant heated up. Also very good. Mm -hmm. But when we were checking out, there was just this case of bread. Was it babka? It was not. Was it challah? No. That's all the Jewish breads I know. Um, They, and I was like, I was like, oh, what's that bread? And they said it was white chocolate brie. Ooh, brie? Yeah. Like cheese? I don't know. I have no clue. Mm. So I was like, huh. So I turned to my girlfriend. I'm like, well, we have to, right? She's like, I guess so. So we bought some. Um, we brought bought a loaf. Mm-hmm. And where is it? It's at her house. Um, but we ripped off a piece when we got home. Um, we waited all the way to home. And we both ripped off a piece and we bit into it. And we're like, oh, it just tastes like bread. And then as you eat it, the flavor like evolves into like this earthy taste. Hmm. And then finishes off with like this white chocolate taste. Amazing. It was delightful. Sounds delightful. I'm really happy for you that you got to experience that. <laughs> He's mad I didn't bring him a uh-huh. piece. I am. But I forgive you. <laughs> but bread is delightful. Let's, bread is good. Let's become a bread podcast and our whole thing uh-huh. is eating different kinds of bread and talking We're about We're going to call ourselves the Yeasty Boys. Ooh. Yeah.
Yeah. No. Sleep till Bobka. No. Sleep till Bobka. Okay. 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 We're starting the segment right now. Uh huh. Yeasty Boys. I just did the first episode of Yeasty Boys. Uh huh. It's a podcast within a podcast. About good bread. About good, unique bread we have. Uh huh. Hopefully, this will blow up, get real big, and people will just start sending us bread to review. Mm -hmm. That's the dream. We'll get a P.O. box just for bread. But we got to check it every day because you know how bread is. I will call it the bread box. The bread box. <laughs> Amazing. This has been the first episode of Yeasty Boys. Um, no, don't get us wrong. We'll do that unleavened stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Like, we're not... We're not particular. You want to send us some good tortillas? Naan. Naan. Any of that. Like, we will. Dude, I get down on some naan. Mm -hmm. Naan, I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Yeasty Boys, episode one. <laughs> Click. <clears throat> um, Man, we're really just branching out into an empire at this point. Uh, Yeasty Boys, the podcast is in a podcast. We will con we will figure out a, uh, a uh, what do you call it? Theme song? Yes. We will figure out a theme song. It's going to be great. Yeasty boys. I kind of like the no sleep to Bobka myself. I, let's do it. Okay. We got this. We got our limit break segment at the end. <laughs> We're really establishing our... It took us five seasons, but we finally found our footing. Uh, so to get some bits a good going. Time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll still come back to that, I'm sure. But we're getting some good bits going. It's and true. I like it. So if you out there are a fantastic bread maker or have a bread you just love, let us know. Yeah. Send it our way. We will we will credit you and talk about it here on Yeasty Boys. No. Sleep, Sleep to Bobka. Bobka. Uh love it. Wow. Anyway, where are we they brought a Bobka to the Dean mm -hmm. and he says he's really ticked about it. Because he's not a yeasty boy. He's not. Well, he wants the babka, though. Uh -huh. But he's not won over by it. No. And he calls his dog. Yeah, Ms. Doberman. His Doberman. Which Eric thinks is going to be his daughter. Uh -huh, for some reason. It's like, oh, he's called his daughter. No, my Doberman. And so, crestfallen, the boys go to Mr. Feeney to get some help. Mm -hmm. We get a little bit of a Feeney call, sort of. Feeney, Feeney covers his mouth. <laughs> he's like... I was expecting it. <laughs> Yesterday, today, tomorrow... It was only a matter of time. <laughs> He's like, who's that? And why isn't he looking at me? And Jack repeats his uh, earlier, what he said with the Dean, which was actually pretty funny. When he's like, I'm very scared, sir. <laughs> um, but they talk with Feeney. He kind of gives him a pep talk. Mm -hmm. Just like, Eric explains the assignment a little bit more. He's like, 10,000 words about anything. Doesn't, Doesn't even, even have to be in English. English. Um and he's just like, really? Like, this is, this is what you're coming to me with? Um, he's like, it's just your experience. Like, it's what you make it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think. it's. I watched it several hours ago, and it just did not stick with me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He says, write about the anxiety you're feeling. And Eric's like, the anxiety, you're right. Thanks, Mr. Feeney. Eric and Feeney, bagging together again. I make you look so good. And then he runs off. Uh -huh. And then he talks with Jack. He's like, what did you write about? It's like, this summer when I dug up dinosaur bones in China. I mean, he's like, you got pictures? No. Then you got nothing. <laughs> and Jack walks away crestfallen. Uh-huh. And then our final scene with them is just again in the dean's office, where they still haven't done their assignment. Yeah. And they're trying to get an extension, and the dean starts talking in Chinese. Yeah, Mandarin. Which I actually don't think is Mandarin. I think it's gibberish. Like It's very slow. It's very slow, and also, like... 
I don't know. Just the sounds they're making mm-hmm. don't seem to make any sense. No. If you s- speak Chinese, let us know what yeah, they're actually saying. Let us know if they're actually saying something. Because I don't think they are. Yeah. Um, but he's basically like, I've never given an extension. And I've ne- I will never give one. Like, I've been the dean at all these places on all over the yeah, world. But- and then Jack responds to him in Chinese. Yeah. And he's like, maybe he'll make an exception for us. And he just gives it to him. Yeah, he's like, and Jack turned around, I bought us a month. Uh-huh. Like, you speak Chinese? He's like, yeah. And Eric's like, cool, cool. <laughs> and then they go. Yep. That's and that's the end of the episode. And we don't even need to talk about the other stuff. That's just the end. Oh, the Corey stuff. Yeah. Sure. Forget all that. Stop it. You're boys. That's <laughs> yeah. all you need to know. Stop it. You're the Easty boys. Uh-huh. Easty boys. This may be the perfect opportunity for me to remake my Brazilian cheese bread in us talking. Ooh, about I again. love ponche case. Is that what that's called? With the little cheese breads. Well, these ones are about. Oh, but they're like little balls. Yeah, it's a puff mm-hmm. of of Brazilian cheese bread. Mm-hmm. I've had them from real Brazilians before. Ooh, I've made them my, myself. Nice. You're not really Brazilian, but in, in your heart. It's true. They're really easy. You just the only the the trick is you gotta find tapioca flour, mm-hmm. which so it all holds up. It's not the easiest thing in the world to find. Even now, I feel like there's lots of different flours that are much more accessible. Well, okay, I shop mostly at Walmart. Yeah, I could see that being true. So maybe I could try Target or Sprouts, perhaps. Ooh, I bet Sprouts would have. It's not far from your house. All right, to be continued next week on Yeasty Boys. No. Sleep to Bobka. Where even were we? They're they're at Chubby's. I don't think we were here yet, but sure. But this is the next scene. Is we're at Chubby's, and Corey is sitting next to Lionel with his arm around him, Uh and Topanga is across from them. She wants to talk about Sean, and he doesn't. He says, "I don't think this is the time. I'm with Lionel now." And she's like, "Come over here." And then she makes out with him, and then she asks. Did you enjoy that? And he's like, yes, ma'am. Good. Yeah. That's... That, not, that We're just bringing that one back. Yeah, we brought that joke back, and now it is dead forever. Mm-hmm. We never have to... It can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> it's done. And then Sean comes down with three guys, and Corey's like, three guys? I'm only with Lionel. Poor Lionel. Okay. And then they start arguing, and Corey's like, well, at least I keep my friendships personal. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess he's trying to insinuate that Sean is a friend whore. Mm-hmm. He's too easy with his friendship. I, <laughs> which sounds like a really nice person to someone who's easy to be around. Um, I forget exactly where it comes from, but Sean, Sean's like, you little punk. Yeah. And Corey's like, you dirty man. Yeah, and then they throw water in there. The Chubby's guy's like, cat fight. Yeah, it's true. A random chubby guy that we've never seen before uh-huh. and we'll slim. never see again. He was not chubby. He was just a slim. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's Pinky. Maybe. Or Pink's. That's Pink. Yeah, Mr. That's Pink, Pink himself. That's why they, he ref, that's why they refer to this particular chubbies as Pink's. Yeah, because Pink runs it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love it. Canon. <laughs> um, and then they throw water in their face and they run off. Mm-hmm. They're like, maybe this should st- end now so it goes, doesn't go any further than it already has. Mm-hmm. And Sean goes, no, now. Okay. Whatever. Then Corey and Lionel go to the apartment to, so Corey can get his things back. And he's like, no, Lionel, you're going to have to protect me. 
Yeah, if Lionel's much bigger than Corey, like he's very tall. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you might need to like take a swing. Yeah, if, if punches get thrown, you'll have to take it for me. Uh-huh. And, and Lionel's like, I will do this for you. I will do this for you, Lionel. Too pure for this world. Too pure for this world. Um, Come on the show. And Corey's like, he's vindictive. He's not going to give me my stuff back. And then they get there, and there's a box. That uh, says Corey Steph, uh-huh. just out on the porch. He just got it all. I want to see who Lionel is. <laughs> Seth Miller. He does not seem to be in anything else. Or he's a, he's in Hocus Pocus. The Shadow. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Not very much. It looks like his last thing. He did some production stuff, but then his last role was in LAX, the TV series. He was in an episode of Even Stevens. He's only been in three things. Why? Oh, I guess he worked in. Oh, he was a crew for these other things. His name is Seth Miller. Seth Miller. Let's see if he's on the twits. Okay, Seth Miller, Boy Meets World, played Lionel. Um, let's see here. Let's see if we can find him on the twits. We'll give him an invite to the show. Okay, while you're doing this, this is I. I'm just googled Boy Meets World season five, episode three, and you know how it says people also ask. Mm-hmm. For Google, the first one from this episode is: Does Eric marry Jack? Uh huh. Sure. People are asked. That's the top. That's the number one hit. What's the one I sent you not too long ago? I was. Oh dang. Okay, I can't find Seth Miller. I'll keep looking though. You better. I sent you one not too long ago. That was like um, something I looked up. Ah. This is riveting stuff. Okay, here here it is. Um. Send it to me and Adam? Yeah. Let me find it. I'm almost there. Oh, here it is. So, <laughs> I was looking up how many people are named, uh-huh. and the first suggested thing on my list was how many people are named Gay Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many? One. Just the one. One person is named Gay Because I had to click on it. Uh-huh. Like, some of these make sense. How many people are named Jacob? How many people are named Bob, John, Mohammed, Adolf, Thanos, Lucifer? Like, I get all those. Probably not a lot of the later ones on that list. <laughs> I bet there's quite a few Thanoses out there. These days. At least a few dozen. But this is how the first the first thing when you type in... How many people are named Gay Bowser? How many people are named Gay Bowser? The people want to know. Google proves it. So... I don't know why that made me think of it. It's more fun than talking about this episode. Uh Uh-huh. But we're going to continue. Corey knocks on the door. Sean is there. He's like, how could you do this to me? And Sean's like, these people mean nothing to me. He tells them to get out. They They all start start to go. And he's like, stay. He's like, see, that was nothing. They don't mean anything to me. The way that you meant anything to me. Yeah. He's, again, they're, they're trying to paint him as a friend. Oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. They're trying to paint him as like a friend slut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he wants those fast, so, dirty flings. He's loose with his friendships. Um, sure, whatever. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make sense. And then the redeeming line of the episode after all of this. The only part worth watching. Skip this whole episode except for the moment when Sean pulls Lionel aside. Yes. <laughs> it is the redeeming light of this episode where Sean's like, Hey, Lionel, when you when you play basketball with Corey, make sure there's water around. He he tends to dehydrate. And let him win once in a while. He likes that. He he likes that. And never eat cake. In Paramus. In Paramus. 
That's ours. <laughs> and Lionel's just like, you got it. Yeah. Lionel's just like, you got it. And then walks off. Um, it's, it's a delight. It's what I wish the rest of this episode was written like. Mm-hmm. Although, I was sitting there thinking, why not one of the things they've actually done together? Like, remember that time we rode... Um, What's the log ride? A Splash Mountain. Well, we lo- r- r- rode Splash Mountain first thing in the morning. Never ride Splash Mountain on Disney World first thing in the morning. That's our thing. Yeah. Yeah, literally any of the antics we've seen, never pretend to be in a band and then get caught in your lie in front of the whole school. That's our thing. Never fantasize about your teachers on the first day of school together. That's our thing. <laughs> But, anyway. Never have him over to Thanksgiving in the trailer park. That's our thing. Yes, exactly. Um, But, yeah, so they they do that, which is the funniest part of the entire episode. Uh Like, bar Easily. Not even close. Uh, Then they arrive in Feeney's office. Uh Corey's like, where's those uh, Eagles tickets Mm -hmm. that I heard about? And then Sean comes in. I heard you had an academic achievement award for me. And they're just like, ah, he's here. And then they both yell sting. Uh-huh. He's like, sit down. Yeah. And there and then Topanga walks in. And then we get another one of the classic <gasps> Topanga. Which is always good. It is. Uh, she's like, I called you here. Mm-hmm. It feels very similar to an affair to forget. Like it's that same sort of twist. Yeah. Where Topanga's behind it all, trying to orchestrate things behind the scenes. Yeah. And Feeney's like, well, do you guys want to be friends anymore? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, good. Get out of my office. I gave it my best effort. And Topanga's like, how could you shame on you shame? And he's just like, I show up. I teach. What more do you want from me? Yeah. I was like, why isn't that good enough? Uh Uh-huh. And they're like, what is your problem? What is the problem here? And Sean's like, his problem started the day he met me. Met me. Met Met me. me. And it's like, uh-huh. and then we get terrible child actors. Uh-huh. I, I would have rather the main cast just explain this story than this. Uh-huh, than to see this. But they're at the zoo with their class, and Sh- young Sean is like, "Hey, you want to eat lunch with me?" And young Corey's like, "No, those kids said that I shouldn't. That you live in the trailer park, and I shouldn't like." Uh huh. And so, but then he, so they go away. Corey's like hanging on the edge of the which. Hold on, real quick. Wouldn't the episode have been so much more interesting if we were dealing with Corey's... That line being like a foundational part of Corey's life. Like, he knows it's not true, but he was still taught most of his life that Sean was from the trailer park and he didn't like him. Like, Corey had to grapple with class. Mm -hmm. But no, we can't do that. (laughs) We've already had the class episode. And everyone knows you never have to deal with anything more than once. (laughs) Yes. Except the plot of this episode. And Corey, like, comes to the realization at the end, like, Sean, I, I really have, like, I thought because we were friends, like, I wasn't classist at all, but there's still some of that tendency in me, and I need to unlearn those things. And I just want to thank you for your patience all these years in doing that. Yeah. None of that. <laughs> none of that. I, I'm, I'm trying how, to How hilarious <laughs> do you think that that would happen? <laughs> just, just something. You know, like a statement on those people that's like, I have a black friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah sure you do. it's like well but but <laughs> didn't you see mm-hmm. um yeah it, it, maybe making a point about that would have been good really a point by any point <laughs> yeah but other than stop it your boys yeah would have been a good point but yes continue with your thing i'm sorry um, i interrupted it's fine 
But Corey's like, look at me, I'm a llama. And he falls in the llama enclosure. And all the yes. kids are like, yells for help. All the kids are like, and run away. And then Sean comes and leaps over. And then the camera cuts and you see them both just stand up. It was like two feet yes. that he fell. It was a llama he, enclosure. A llama enclosure. You could probably go pet them. Harambe, he was not. <laughs> yes. Um, but he helps him back over. He's like, thanks, I'm sorry. Like, I shouldn't have listened to those kids. They're not even really my friends. Uh-huh. He's like, I'll be your friend. He's like, really? Yes, but you have to promise you'd never go to college and leave me. He's like, okay. Yes. And then, so they're like, I'm Corey. I'm Sean. And I'm Topanga, the wife. Yeah. And then they start hugging. And then Topanga's like, stop it. You're boys. And then it cuts to modern day where they're hugging. And she's like, stop it. You're boys. Yeah. She is. Let's talk about Topanga in the scene just real quick. She's in a velvet dress a la My Date with the President's Daughter. Mm-hmm. This one just has sleeves. Are velvet dresses really just this this thing in the 90s? It must have been. It had to have been. But I just didn't notice or care or pay attention. I guess. I just... I feel like a velvet dress is a terrible idea. I feel like it'd slip off everything. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like it's an awful choice. Yeah, but... I mean, she looks fantastic. She's Topanga, but... Yes, but I would just like to say... Here in this episode, what year is this episode taking place? The year of our Lord. Do why doesn't it just say? Um, why doesn't it just say? 1997? I just want to say right now in this episode, R.I.P. Topanga. 1993 to 1997. Because of this episode, at least as far as my memory served, like to the Topanga we knew and loved is gone. I mean, she's been gone for a while. But it's official here because then. The next scene, or next little bit here, is just like, Topanga's nagging. I'm not nagging. And it's just, I, the light switch flipped for me, where I'm just like, she's she's done. Yeah, and it, you, you can kind of trace the trajectory of Topanga now. Uh-huh. Um, she starts out as like the, the different girl. Um, again, the different girl who isn't really all that different and is clearly beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, she starts out as that. And then she becomes, in season two, like the the capable but still kind of progressive girl. Like, really uh, forward, very mm-hmm. aggressive. And then... Aggressive? Progressive. Progressive. I may have said aggressive. And then season three and four don't, don't know what to do with her, so she's girlfriend and eye candy. Mm-hmm. Almost exclusively. And now we're transitioning. We're trying to get that middle-aged audience... We're transitioning into jokes about Topanga being wife. Mm-hmm. And thus we have to make her a nag. We have to make her a perfectionist. Yes. So R.I.P. Topanga. Yeah. That we knew and loved. I mean, I'm not saying that there can't be some greatness there later. It could, it could happen. But it just, like, it, it's gone officially. Boy Meets World Fever canon. It's done. <laughs> Topanga is dead. Long live Topanga. <laughs> yes. I, I, I say that's fair. Um, but they sit down with Feeney. I don't know, having couples counseling, I guess. And that kind of ends their story, yeah. thankfully. Thankfully. We did it. We sure did something. Uh-huh. Something. I feel like this episode is going to be on the shorter side because I don't know what to talk about. Uh-huh. Like, should we talk about gay panic again? Should we talk about class issues again? Should we talk about how college isn't the end-all, beat-all and isn't this big of a thing again? Yeah, because we're going to have this story about college again. Yeah, done I can better. think of at least, yeah, it'll be better. 
But I'm thinking, like, Sean specifically. Yeah. Like, it, it's going to happen again. Yeah, but with purpose next time. Uh-huh. This time it was just meant to be, like, an inciting incident to get them to... Fight about nothing. Break up. Yeah. Like, we've done all this before. We'll do all this again. Like, I mean, if you guys want us to sit around and rehash gay panic is bad, college is a scam, uh, we hate Adam Levine. <laughs> we'll gladly... Uh, beat that drum yeah like, if you want us to rehash any of that i guess we can but like we have done this uh-huh. i don't really feel the need before. to yeah um and we've done it better in more interesting episodes uh turkey day is a much more interesting episode to talk about class in mm-hmm. the security guy is a much more interesting episode to talk about uh how this show is sensationalizing college mm-hmm. to an unhealthy degree yeah. and a fair to forget is a much better episode to talk about Gay panic. Gay panic. And just the relationship between Corey and Sean. Yeah. And, the, and kind of them the, breaking up. Yeah. The, the like, breaking up and the bromance. Yeah. It all. It's just, it's much better than this. Yeah. This is all of those things just done worse. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. But it's done. But this, it's uh, done. this one's done and it can't hurt us anymore. So we're going to give it some ratings. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Wow. That's much higher than I would have thought. Only because... You got pictures, you got nothing. Never don't eat cake in Paramus. That's our thing. They're just like little moments, especially the pictures, you got nothing. Like that just have stuck with me for so long. In like a positive way. Sure. Um And I like Feeney in this episode. Just sort of the the wise sage. For two But also seconds. kinda of, Yeah, but he's the, still. I like him. Um I'm not going to apologize for it. That's fine. I don't have to explain myself to you. What is this? A show where we explain things? <laughs> it is, kind of. Um, yeah, I I guess I see that. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Whoa, that's the lowest I think ever. I think it is. Um, I think that I'm giving it a point for Topanga looking great. <laughs> I'm giving it a point for the scene where Sean talks to Lionel. I am giving it a point for you got pictures, you got nothing. And I'm giving it a half a point because it's Boy Meets World. <laughs> the half a point Boy Meets World pump. Um, maybe I should drop it down to a three. But Wowza. Tournament material, this one's not. No, no. Uh, if we do a tournament of our lowest rated episodes. This got the top seed so far. So far. Um... I just find nothing of value in this entire episode. Like, even going back to the Wendy one, at least you have the the fantasy of them being old. They want you to take the roles. Yeah, it just seems like uh, Ryder and Ben are just having fun. Yeah. Like, what? What? what's another notoriously bad episode for us? Um, Stormy weather. Stormy weather. But at least it's trying to say something. Yeah, and it like... It's, yeah, there's a plot. There's development yeah. of characters happening in it. Uh, the season finale last time, I mean, at least it's a conflict that we haven't mm-hmm. seen a million times. Like, yeah, sure, it's a college girl trying to commit statutory rape with Corey, but, like, but at least, like, it's something. There is, mm-hmm. like I said, the, this whole episode is a rehash done badly, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care for Sometimes it. leftovers are good. Sometimes, though, they're not. Yes. That was a profound statement. It was. It was very profound. Anyway... Who's your MVP? Oh, uh, Jack. He's like the only one. <laughs> yeah. He's he's the recipient of the famous line. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when he's like, I'm very scared, sir. And the end where he's like, maybe you'll make an excuse for us. And 
slaps him five. I'm like, I don't hate that part. Uh-huh. Jack saves the day a little bit. <laughs> yep. Um, it's Jack's first MVP. I don't foresee him getting a lot, but maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but he's the only, he's one of the only characters that I'm just not, not like... I hate your guts. You're annoying. So... Congratulations, Jack. Yeah. I'm just going to agree. Um, also, honorable mention to Lionel. Yes. If Lionel was more of a part of the episode, he would win. Mm-hmm. But he just wasn't. He wasn't. The show didn't know what to do with a nice, decent young man. It's true. And he shouldn't have let Corey have all those grapes. He should have taken them back and... Uh, I should have said it. I said some. Yeah. That's all. (laughs) No means no. Yes. Lionel should have showed some self-advocacy. You can't just take my grapes. Although, maybe he went to school in Oklahoma in the near future when we're not allowed to teach self-advocacy anymore. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that uh, gets just completely shot down. I, I have a theory that they're trying to push through a budget cut... For education, because they also did that one where like parents can sue schools for the books they have in their library. Uh-huh. I have a feeling they're like pushing through all these extreme bills to like draw attention so they can do a budget cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the way that they are lining up. Like, there's the parents can sue for the book, but then there's also one that's like you have to have the Bible. And so I could see some parents being like, "I don't like that. That's there. I'm going to sue you for that." Yeah. Or, you know, just ridiculous. It's... it's Well, but I, what I'm saying is I think it's all like a big... Oh, huh. And the one where a teacher can just be fired for um, teaching something against a student's deeply held religious beliefs. Oh, I hadn't seen that one. Uh-huh. Standridge. Mm. Our lovely senator from where we live. Fantastic. Don't come on the show either. Um, these are all measures that are happening in Oklahoma right now. So if you uh, want to support Oklahoma education, please do. Mm-hmm. Because at the state level they're attacking, but like I said, I really do think it's a distraction for like a more small but significant, if you think about it, budget cut or something. Because it's just happening all at once, and they are really ridiculous. Like suing your school library, like, mm-hmm. it's the same as the Texas abortion bill, except with library books in schools and a librarian. You can what was it? A librarian who doesn't remove the book and teachers who know that they didn't remove the book can all lose their jobs and never be rehired by the school board. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's so ridiculous that you have to think there's an ulterior motive. Something. Anyway, I named this episode Boy Meets Nothing because this episode is nothing. Oh, I was going to name it Boy Meets Lionel. Boy Meets Lionel is better than that. Yes. Boy Meets Lionel. Yeah. It's I, the only thing that he meets. Yeah. Boy meets a flashback. Yeah, boy meets a flashback. But I like Lionel. If you're out there and you're like, man, this episode is a bummer, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. The episode was a bummer. Yeah, like what I'm saying, they think this I is know. a bummer I'm, show. I'm, but they can't because we invented Yeasty Boys. Yeasty in Boys are here. We Limit talked break. about Gunpla. <laughs> We're about to get really mad at the writers of Screen Rant. Oh, yeah, I forgot all Which about Which you that. always should be mad at the writers of Screen Rant. I don't feel like I ever see a good article from them. No, it's all clickbait. I mean, they have multiple times I've seen, like, the worst Boy Meets World supporting characters. And, like, on the list, high up is, like, Frankie and Harley and, and Minkus. Minkus. And I'm like... Fools. This is the absolute dumbest thing I think I've ever read. What fools these mortal be? I mean, I love Minkus. Uh-huh. We've done some Frankie? great things with Minkus. Frankie? Frankie, though? When 
When Leonard Spinelli exists. Uh-huh. When... Who are other terrible supporting actors? Marion. Marion. Marion Stempleman. Marion. Who has a very Dean... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it's it? too big for his britches. What's I his forget name? Dean's name. You've He's watched the, the show a million times. Of this show? Dean Bolander? Bolander, thank you. I thought you meant the bad Dean. No, Marion Simpleman has a very Dean Bolander energy. Mm-hmm. Just like the repressed version to Dean Bolander's... He he was re- uh, re- repressed so that Dean Bolander could fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he walked so she could run. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, there's a lot of worse characters. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's all for Boy Meets World. It's time for the limit break. Limit break! Yeah. This is where we'll make up all the time. The other bit. Our other new bit. Let's omni-slash to it. Mm -hmm. But I first just want to give an update. I'm currently playing Final Fantasy X. It's really good. I've noticed a lot of through lines from 9 to 10 that I just never really thought about before. Like just in some of the character design, sort of the world. They were being made at the same time. So, but you can definitely see kind of the through lines. Like I just got to, or I, it's been an, earlier today. I played quite a bit, but like Guado Salam, which is the place where the Guado live. Oh, sure. Which is kind of this race they protect, basically the far plane, so heaven in a way, the afterlife, where you can go and see loved ones, I guess, who've passed. But just the look of the city feels very much like one of the cities in Final Fantasy IX. Like just the architecture feels very much like Burmesia. Oh, okay. Um, just kind of the curves and the the ornateness. It feels very similar. Um, even like Kuja to Seymour. Sure. I feel like there's a there's a thread that runs between the two of them. Seymour seems a little bit more conniving, whereas Kuja is just like straight up bad dude. Yeah, I mean they do have a lot of similarities. They're high ranking officials who actually have ties to evil. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if Kuja's is evil per se, but he is evil. Mm-hmm. He just wants to cause chaos. Yeah. Seymour has connections to Sin, and Kuja has connections to whatever that thing is that made him to be the Angel of Death. Garland and all his. Yeah. Terra versus uh-huh. Gaia. So. But no, it's fun. I really like it. I feel like it's the perfection of the combat system, uh, like turn based combat system. It is. It's very good. Mm-hmm. It's very good. That's why they, I feel like they had to change for 12. Because it was just like, we've already done it. But I wish they would have kept doing it. We got it in 10. It's time to do something something different. I just wish they would have kept doing it. But anyway, there's That's a list. Right. It's a bad list. It's a bad list. Duh. It's a bad list. Was it best final... No. Yeah, best final fantasy game. characters after 7. Which is already a stupid list. The 10 best characters introduced after Final Fantasy VII. Uh, okay. Let me find it. I've got it here. 10 best characters after FF7. From Screen Rant. Screen Rant. <laughs> Who are trash people. Okay, so. I mean, I'm sure they're fine people. I've never met them. We're Their start- lists aren't good, though. That's true. So we're starting out with number 10. Now... We're starting out with someone who very much deserves to be on this list. Mm-hmm. Zedane. Yeah. Main character from 9. A much more interesting character than Cloud and Squall. Uh-huh. A bit girl crazy. But at least he has a personality. Uh-huh. He's very... He's interesting. He's interesting. He has several arcs. He goes into a deep depression at one point. Mm-hmm. He's a great character. But he's number 10. Who's at number 9? Squall. Garbage list. Squall is so uninteresting. He is so... Un- and I like Squall. 
But he's he's boring he as is, can be. He, Squall is not an interesting character. Interesting things happen to Squall, and I think and he, he has says a, whatever. And he does. He does. It's true. Interesting things happen to him. He has a great romance for a Final Fantasy game. One of the more felt romances in mm-hmm. a Final Fantasy game. But he is not interesting. Things happening around him are interesting. Mm. Number eight on the list should be number one. Yes. Which is Vivi, also from Final Fantasy Nine. Yes. Which is just a great cast of characters. But I love him so much. Vivi should be number one. Vivi is one of the best characters in all of video games. Mm-hmm. Not just that. Uh, Yuna is next. Great list. Uh, great character for the list. Probably right where I would put her, too. Right around mm-hmm. seven. seven. Uh, she would be wonderful there. Um, definitely deserves to be... I can't comment on the next one. I've not played 15. Uh-huh. I hate too much about it to ever give it the proper yeah, chance. Well, 15, I feel like, is kind of getting a season of being appreciated more um, lately. Because while... It's not, it doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy game. I mean, I played most of it. And it's not bad. It's very different. I think it's an interesting story of like four friends going on a road trip. Like before the, basically like before it's time to grow up and kind of stuff spirals out from there. Like that's an interesting story. He's not the most interesting character. Noctis. Uh huh. Or just Noct. Um, I haven't played it. Kind of what they're doing with the story is interesting and cool. And fun, but at the same time, I don't think they nail it. I have always thought, always thought that Final Fantasy XV is more flash than substance. Um, and people, days after, were showing how broken the battle system is and how worthless it is if you understand even two things about it and how it makes you look cool, but there is no thought or strategy mm-hmm. to it. So um, we don't necessarily agree that he should be on the list, though. I don't, I, I will not, I will not say. Number five is Lightning. Which is another Squall-esque character. Mm -hmm. I think she belongs on the list more than Squall does. Uh And I mean, I only played most of 13. Like, If I I had access to it, it would be on my list of games to beat this year. Like, to give it another try. But I feel like she does have a character arc that people like. Because you have 13-2 and then Lightning Returns. But I think people generally are positive towards her as a character. I know the whole first. I know the whole first one. The whole first thirteen, um, and she is very much a squall. Yeah, she's she's not very interesting. No, um, I have not. I will admit, I've never done two and three. Mm-hmm. Me neither. So I think two is on Games Pass. If I had an Xbox, then we've got Seymour, another weird one mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I can see maybe putting him on this list. But he's not an interesting character. Mm-hmm. He's just a bad guy. And he's not like a bad guy with a... He's unique... not even like the big bad guy. Yeah. He's not the one behind it all. No. He's just <clears throat> kind of a pawn of the big bad guy who everyone thinks is a good guy. I never did. Everyone he's clearly world. a bad guy. Um, then you have Cypher. Which, which is the stupidest thing ever because he sucks. I guess I kind of see him as a tragic villain almost. But he disappears halfway through his own game. He mm-hmm. goes from being like primary rival to not even existing. He's just a butt. Yeah. But he's a butt with like a, a history. Mm-hmm. I would maybe put him on this list before Squall. Yeah, Squall doesn't deserve to be on the list. No. If anyone, Laguna should be on the list. Laguna's good. Laguna he needs a whole a, game just about himself. Laguna is a great character who 
reacts to things, has an arc. Mm-hmm. He he's all the winds of fate take him in a direction he doesn't necessarily want to go in. Mm-hmm. Number two is Orin, also from Final Fantasy X, who is interesting. Well, he's just the mysterious guy trope, and uh-huh. he never really gets past that. I actually because there's a game that came out around the same time as Final Fantasy X called Tales of Symphonia. Uh-huh. That's basically in many ways a very similar story at least in terms of parts of it but there is the main character lloyd and then there's a character named kratos Orin, hmm. who is in your party but then eventually it's revealed that he's your father spoilers um but it's just very interesting that you kind of like that both characters named Orin that are kind of like this older man Orin's not anyone's dad in final fantasy 10 but hmm. it's just kind His of funny connections. that he has, yeah he does he his connections to Titus is in uh, Yuna's dad's. Well, the 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 original sin journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got connections there, but his mysterious past actually makes Titus more. He has a mysterious past. It says it right there. There you go. But his mysterious past, when revealed what it is, actually makes Titus way more interesting than it makes him. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. He has a mysterious past, but once it's uncovered that he's connected to both Titus and Yuna's respective fathers. They make that seem like it was a mystery of who he is. It's yeah. like, but we Titus know. knows who Auron is, yeah. and everyone in the whole world knows who Auron is. Everyone on the spirit knows who he is. Yeah. And he is cool. He's got the cool look. He's He sloughs this arm out of his sleeve mm-hmm. and gets his giant sword over his shoulder. He's got the gourd mm-hmm. on his belt. Yeah, he's definitely like that wandering samurai trope. Yeah. I, I, even though his class in the game would be knight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the guarding and covering. Yeah, and breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I totally and 100% agree with. Not number one. I'd put him in the top three. No, he's my very favorite character See, ever. Vivi belongs above Balthier. Vivi belongs above Balthier. Balthier is fun. He's, he's a Han Solo-esque character. He's the main character. He says so many times. He's like, I'm the leading man. He does say that. It's true. He has to hang out with Fran all day, and he's a sky pirate. I want to see him and Vivi going on adventures together. He, yes, but he is just Han Solo with sexy Chewbacca. That is, that is what to love about that. So, my senior year of high school, we had to do a project based around Shakespeare. Like, we'd been reading quite a bit of Shakespeare, and we need, like, you could make, like, a model of the Globe Theater whatever but i decided to paint a painting of the scene it's a garbage painting i'll see if i can find a picture of the scene you know like alas poor yorick uh-huh. i knew him you know with the skull i just painted a picture it's not a good picture of baltier baltier holding the skull and like saying that that was hamlet but it was just a crappy picture of baltier i wish you would have done a judge's mask that'd be nice in yeah, his hand. His brother. Um, I didn't even know that this very thing would compare him to Han Solo, but... I mean, it's a fair comparison. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm maybe more... Vivi is more interesting. I love Baltier. I like Vivi. Okay, I think I like Vivi more. He's my precious son. But Vivi is introduced with a childlike innocence, literally in a childlike game. You find out he has power. You find out there are other things just like him. Mm-hmm. He has the heartbreak of knowing that these other things are like him but different. Mm-hmm. He meets ones that are like him. And his world falls apart when he figures out that they're just tools meant to be used. Mm-hmm. And stop 
having their usefulness. Yeah, and then just stop. And they were never meant to have this sentience. He learns how to make others of himself. And then he sacrifices himself for the party at the end. Oh, Vivi, you get me every time. Every time. Vivi. I would put, okay, Balthier is top, top three. Maybe top two. Vivi, Balthier, and who? Who would be your other? <sighs> it's been a long time for me, and I haven't played 15. I don't so, think anyone from 15 would be on my list. Really? Um, I love Steiner. Uh, Steiner would be up there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steiner, he's not on this list, and that's a shame. It is, because Steiner has to make so many choices in his game. Mm-hmm. Like, you see him grow. You do. And he, and he loves pickles. That's true. He start, he's, a, he's a trope that transcends his trope, which is kind of the thing with all nine characters. Um, I would definitely have Laguna on the list. Probably top five. Um... No one else from 8, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd put anyone from 8. Oh, I love Laguna. Oh, Laguna. I forgot. Yes. Laguna. No one else, though. Yeah. So, Laguna would be up there. Um, Obviously, this is all post-7, so no one from 7. Yeah. So, maybe Vina, Balthier, Laguna would be a good... Mm-hmm. Top 3. A good top 3. Um, Squall's kicked off the list. Yeah, Squall and Cypher. Noct is kicked off the list. Cypher's kicked off the list. Um, Orin? Eh. Orin could be... He could be later on the list. Honestly, though... Everybody I, loves Lulu. Well, I would, I would actually something. put Jet on the list before. Jet. Um, I would put Jet on the list. Um, he's a very interesting character. He's not in much of the games. Mm-hmm. It's his uh, legacy you're the dealing memory with. memory of him, yeah. But... Inject is a really interesting character. Um, so I'd probably put him at four. I might even put him above Laguna, to be honest with you. Ooh. Um, Both their games aren't about them, but about their legacy. Yes. Yeah. Um, the the four of them, Steiner next. Um, honestly, I guess I guess we can give Steiner and Patrice one spot, because they're both interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, their love was so pure. It's true. Garnet. Caught me by surprise. It caught me by surprise. Oh. Garnet is probably the most interesting leading lady. Mm-hmm. But I'd maybe put Yuna above her. Just the weight of what Yuna is doing. She's like wrestling with her role in the world. Is actually really good. Yeah. And her... Well, that might be a spoiler. I won't say it. Okay. And wrestling with something that she knows. Um. So maybe, maybe Steiner, then Yuna... Then Garnet, so that's seven. Vaughn and Pinello. No. They don't belong on the list. Who's the judge guy from 12, though? Gabranth. Gabranth, is that his Baltier's name? Baltier's redacted. Yeah, I think so, right? The mm-hmm. main... The main one with the... It's like the main one you think of when you think of the judges in 12. Yeah. He might be 10. I like him a lot. I would maybe put Zidane right after Garnet, and then maybe him next. And then Queena. Really? No. She's just funny. Or he. I don't know. The game never really comes down yes. on one or the other. They are very funny. Um, in fact, it always just says S slash he. There is a lot of potential in all nine characters. Because Freya has a very interesting story. But it kind of peters out and then she stops having an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Same with um, E-Girl. What's her name? Oh, Aiko? Aiko. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Aiko. Um, again. Amaranth. Could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if they could flesh their stories out more. Of all three of them. Yeah, if they like had quest chains to dig into their backstory a little bit mm-hmm. more. I mean, yeah, like the whole summoner village, her being the last one. 
Yeah. It's like really interesting and sad. It's true. And and Freya, I love her whole story. It's just over before the end of the first second mm-hmm. disc. Yeah. Like by the time you're done in Clara. Mm-hmm. Now she's just kind of with the party to be with the party. She's not she doesn't have anything left to do. Um there's really no eight character I would put on there. Except Laguna. But yeah, of the main party I meant. Yeah, because no one really stands out as like having much of a story. Yeah, and then none of the villains are very interesting. So honestly, maybe the judge from 12 and then end it with... Nobody from 13. I don't really like anyone from that one. Yeah, and that may not be fair because we've never played two or three. Uh-huh. I'll, have to, I'll have to relitigate them at some point. Um, we weren't wrong. This is really added on to our time of the episode. <laughs> I'm much more interested in this than the episode. Uh-huh. Uh, the last one, you could put Kuja on there. Kuja's not super interesting, but he's interesting-esque. He's a he's a baddie. Yeah, yeah. But, that being said, Vivi, number one, with a bullet. Mm-hmm. He's up there with Kafka as, like, greatest Final Fantasy character of all time. Uh-huh. Good old Kafka. Kafka? I've always called it Kafka. Oh, but... okay. I need to replay that one, too. Oh, so good. It's not on my list for the year, though. I still have... Easy access. Your phone? I guess so. But I already own all the other ones. That's fair. Um, Ramza and Delita. Are they? Is that after seven? Was Del- Tactics after seven? I think the year after seven. Yeah. I mean, if Delita can be on the list, he's number three. He can be on the list. Why would he not be on the list? <laughs> I think they were only doing numbered entries. They just said after seven. That one came out after seven. Because Delita... Ramza, he's a main character. He's fine. But Delita and his story, I'd be top of the list. After Vivi and Balthier, I think he would be. Mm-hmm. Vivi, Balthier, Delita, Laguna, mm-hmm. the others. Steiner, I believe. Laguna, Steiner, Yuna, Zidane. Garnet. Garnet. Um, Gabranth. Gabranth. We're missing somebody that we had in there. Oh, Oren. Oren, yeah. Oren's cool. Uh, no, no, no. We put Jet in instead yeah, of Yeah, Jet. Jacked. Yeah. You gotta get the jacked. This fantasy world chance. You gotta have all the sounds. Okay. And jacked sounds cooler than jet. Yeah, and I would I would put him uh, right after, um, right after Laguna, or maybe before Laguna, in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Cool. So kick we did it. Off the list. We did it. <coughs> Forget this list. Screen rant. Your list is poop. Uh, that was a limit break. Uh huh. Um, we done broke the limit. Hopefully we talked about it more than the show because there's a lot more to say. Uh huh. So we'll be coming back to that along with Yeasty Boys next week. Our podcasts within podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to say thanks to Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song. Um, you can find the link to the video that it comes from in the episode's description and find all of his other wonderful music from there. Thanks, Dizzy. Thanks, Diz. Um, I don't. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at BG World Fever uh, for both of those, or you can send us emails at bgworldfever at gmail.com. Um, be sure to check out our recent appearance. By this point, this comes out, it'll be like two weeks ago, but when we were on Debatable, it was a lot of fun. When we recorded our last episode, we hadn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, We've done it now, and it was great. It was great. It was a lot of fun. So you can check it out there. You can look at Debatable Podcast, or you can look on our Twitter feed, and we retweeted some stuff from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even have to scroll down that far because we don't tweet too much. It's true. Um, High five, Mike. Uh, thanks for being a fan. We've never really met a fan before. Uh-huh. So. It's kind of weird. Not in a bad way. Not We're in just a bad like, way. oh, 
this person has heard all the things that I have to say. Um, you made us feel very welcome on your show, um, uh-huh. and you you caught up. Uh huh. You, you did it. You've listened to all our episodes, so thank you. But not this one yet, when we recorded it. And well, yes, that's true. But by the time you get here, you will have listened to it. Yep, they'll be on later this uh, later this season. Uh, the whole debatable podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're really uh, pumped to have you guys on. Thank you for listening to the whole show. He also told us that he, he made some corrections to our cult timeline. Heaven's Gate was the cult that... Tara said that Heaven's Gate was the cult that drank the Kool-Aid, but they drank vodka and phenobarmital? Phenobarmital? Sure. Sounds bad. Yep. If you can't say it, you shouldn't ingest it um and he said that the jamestown massacre but it was not jamestown uh jamestown did not happen in the 70s and they drank flavor aid not kool-aid it's an important distinction jamestown and heaven's gate were two different cults so thank you for that correction lots of cults out there um bam that's that i just wanted to throw that out to hi-fi mike and thanks for listening man Mm -hmm. we'll see you on the show here soon Yes, um, but I believe that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long world. So long world. When this boy meets world.